Parashat Vayhi Yaakov begins describing the end of the days of Yaakov Avinu. If you look in the Sefer Torah, you're going to have a hard time finding the first Pasuk in the Parashat. Look tomorrow in the Sefer Torah, try to find Vayhi Yaakov, you're not going to find it. Usually, usually, a new parasha begins a new section. There's space between the last subject and the new subject. So parashiyot usually, if you look in the Torah, they're either starting in a new line or a new spot. But parashat vayhi, interestingly enough, is somewhere in the middle of a conversation. I mean, there's no space between last week's parasha and this week's parasha. And Rashi, Alava Shalom, comments on this specific point. Why is it that this parasha is called setuma? The word satum means closed, meaning there's no space between usually space is given to give a person, obviously, a new subject also maybe gives them time to think about what they learned. Person should not learn things and learn more and learn more. You got to stop a little bit after you learn something, reflect a little bit, give you give some space to what you learn. Because if you just learn and you don't internalize what you learn, so it doesn't mean that much. So there's always a space. You finish one subject, a little space, another subject. But this parasha, it's setuma. Why is it like that? Says Rashi Alava Shalom, Lama parasha zo setuma. Why is parashat vayhi satum? Why is it closed? Why is there no space? Says Rashi Alava Shalom, Lefi, because shekevan sheniftar Yaakov Avinu. Once Yaakov Avinu passed away, Nistemu Ainehem Velibam Shel Yisrael. The eyes, pay attention to this, the eyes and the hearts of his children and grandchildren, Israel, they got closed. Mitzarat Hashiabut from the sorrow of the slavery. They already began to enslave us. First of all, historically that's not true. The slavery only began after the death of all the Shivatim, all the children. So it's not true that when Yaakov passed away, they started to actually work. The chains and the shackles didn't start till afterwards. So what does Rashi mean when he said when he passed away, they already felt the tsara, they felt the sorrow of the of the galut, of the of the exile. And what does it mean when it says that their eyes and their hearts closed? What is that describing exactly? What does that mean if I tell you your eyes are closed or your hearts are closed? And what are those things? This what what actually happened? To the Jewish people. So the answer is, and this is a very important 
nekuda to keep in mind that Yaakov Avinu represents a father. He not only was a father, he was a he was the mentor, he was the rabbi of his family, of his children and grandchildren. And he provided for them eyes and a heart. It's good for every father to know, every rabbi to know, it's good for every child to know, and every student. That in life, if you want to make it big, your eyes have to be open and your heart has to be open. Those are two critical areas in your life that you need to have them open if you want to be successful. Your eyes and your hearts. What does that mean, eyes and hearts open? Eyes means the ability to see forward. If you're a person who only sees what's in front of you, you're going to destroy yourself. Eyes means living with knowing what's ahead. A heart means a person who lives life with excitement. A person can say the same words with a heart, without a heart. A person could learn with a heart, without a heart. Whether it's relationships or whether it's with himself. You could do things in life the same exact thing. The human heart describes the feelings and the excitement or lack of, of a person in their actions or in their words. So again, two areas that Am Yisrael suffered when they lost Yaakov Avinu. They lost, their eyes got closed and their hearts got closed. Which means that if you're a father or a rabbi or a leader or you're a student or a child, you should know that what is the most important part of this relationship? As a father, what is your biggest job? At least a Jewish father. What is your most important goal? A father, a mentor, a rabbi? Answer is that you need to become the eyes and the heart of your children, of your students. What does that mean? It means that your goal with the people that you teach should be to help them see forward to help them see the consequences of their actions today. To be able to give them that vision that they themselves don't have. Young people or simple people or people who haven't learned much are missing glasses. Really, it would be great for every person to be able to see with their own eyes. That is the goal. That every person should be able to see with their own eyes going forward. But young people or people who haven't really invested in their eyes may not be able to see. So they need to put on glasses. Who is the glasses? The glasses would be their mentors, the people that they trust, the people that they follow, 
they need to put them on as their glasses. Which means, if you have your own eyes in life, so you can make your decisions because you see ahead. But if you don't yet have good eyesight, you're not 20-20 vision yet, you'd be foolish to walk through life without being able to get glasses. The glasses of your life when you start your life are your parents. And as you grow older, they're people that you see through their eyes because they have a better vision than yourself. That's why you need a mentor. You need someone to provide you with vision ahead. To tell you what's going to be in your life. Not as a prophet, but as a piece of wisdom. And live. Live means to give heart. Meaning to come to your Shabbat table tonight with excitement. That's something that a father needs to provide his children. It's not something you could buy from the store. It's not something that I can write for you on a piece of paper. Read this, say this. But coming home to your Shabbat table tonight with excitement is something that is on your, should be on your mind. It's going to affect your children much more than any words that you said. In fact, interesting, I don't like talking about things that happened to me, but it makes sense in this situation. So my 19-year-old daughter, she had some sort of a, a Shabbaton where she went with her school. She's in post-high school. So they asked her to be... Uh, uh, part of a panel where they would ask questions. Somebody asked her a question about her relationship with her father. So out of all the things that she mentioned, you know, you spend 20 years with someone, you give them a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of, a lot of advice, a lot of direction. From all of that, what came to her mind? That you know, my father, he comes in on Shabbat, and there's like a excitement in the air. Whether it's the weather, whether it's the heating system, whether it's the family, whether it's the food, whether it's my mother, whether there's an energy that that's out of all the, imagine 20 years, I was a little disappointed. I, I thought, I thought I brought more value. It's an unbelievable thing. From all the things, that's what stuck in her mind. I'm not sure if I did it on purpose or not. But it shows you how huge the love of a father is. Following the script doesn't give you love. Love is something that comes from within you. Sometimes we don't realize... We live a dry life, even religiously, it's dry. Relationships, dry. We do what we have to do, but we're not giving enough love into it. Yaakov Avinu was the eyes and the heart of his children. And that is something every father and every husband and every mother and every leader, every rabbi, should keep in mind, you know what your job is as a father? That's your job. Make sure you're giving your children, make sure you're seeing ahead for them, 
and make sure you're in giving the lev. Make sure when they see you, wherever you are, they're seeing your excitement and your heart for whatever it is that you're involved in. That is going to register in a big way. And Am Yisrael, so long as they had that man providing their eyes and their heart, there was no shi'bud in Mitzrayim. There was no exile. They lived in exile and it didn't affect them at all. Because Yaakov was there giving them what he gave them. The minute Yaakov died, they lost that vision. They lost that excitement. And already the slavery in Egypt, not a physical slavery, the spiritual exile already started to seep in when they lost that power. And that's something that every father and mother should realize. Their most important job, eyes and a heart. We keep that in mind. I have no doubt that we will have much greater success with our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. By the way, you see Yaakov was not only the eyes of his children, also his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, all of Israel. A great man like that is like, a, is like energy that's being provided. I'd like to share something with you that I'm not sure if I have all my thoughts gathered. You'll forgive me if I'm all over the place. It may come out okay, it may not, I don't know. But it's something I would like to share with you. I think it's such an important subject. There is something in life called Ratzon. Ratzon is translated into your desire, what you want, what you look forward to. If you wouldn't feel Ratzon, you wouldn't know where to grab it. It's not a physical item that you could grab, but we all know what it is because we all have it. There are things in life that we like. There are things in life that we want. There are moments in life that clearly bring different retzonot. Sometimes we want this, sometimes we want that. There are long-lasting retzonot. There are short-lasting retzonot. In life, a person has within him things that he wants and likes to do. And then there are things in life that we don't like to do. A lot of times in life, we're involved in things that we don't like to do. As teenagers, probably most of us didn't really want to be in school. If they made school voluntary, how many days would you have gone? That means, what that means is that for most teenagers, they're in school for 15 years against their will. They don't want to be there. They're there because someone sent them. A person in life has many, many situations. In Hebrew, there's a word called bedi'avad. You know what bedi'avad is? Bedi'avad means, has your marriage? It's all right. It's okay. It's okay means, bedi'avad. But the Abad means, I wish it was awesome. But to tell you the truth, it's okay. Okay means, we're not yet by the lawyers. Well, okay. So we, we, have them, we have them in the bullpen. 
It's okay. Friendships could be okay. Jobs could be okay. Marriages could be okay. Children could be just okay. Bidi'abad. So there's part of life that we do because we want to do. And there's a part of life that we do that we do it because we have to. You don't want to do it. Don't have a choice. In my opinion, it's only my opinion, it's not scientific, and you could disagree. In my opinion, over 90% of what we do is bidi'abad. In my opinion, over 90% of the things that we're involved in is, it is what it is. I have to do it. I have to go here. And by the way, it starts very early in the morning, just waking up. Most people in life wake up bidi'abad. They really don't want to wake up. But... There's no choice. They have to wake up. It's not a it's not it's not a negotiation. Waiting online. Bidiavad. Something broke in your house. Bidiavad. An issue with your children. Bidiavad. If we studied our day, that's again, I'm not I'm not giving everybody the same, but I believe for humanity for sure, over ninety percent of what they do is Bidiavad. Bidi'avad means that it's not what you want, but you have to do it. Good. So clearly, there's two areas in life. There's the area of the things I want to do, and there's the things that I have to do, that I don't want to do. I think everybody would agree on that. I don't think there's any Hidushim in that point. I'm going to tell you a hidushtam that maybe you didn't realize. This ratzon is not just a I want or don't want. This ratzon is actually a factory. You have to realize that. And I believe you'll agree with me. Ratzon is a factory. It's not just, oh, I do this because I want. It's much more than that. It's much deeper than that. I'll give you an example. You have a kid, a teenager, can't get him up. Every day, you got to pour water on him, cold water, hot water, push him off the bed, 10 alarms, till you finally get him up. Okay, it's not abnormal. Can't get him up. Comes winter vacation, you tell the family, listen, we could fly at 9 or we could fly at 6. 6 o'clock it is. Who's voting? That guy. What? 6 o'clock? You want to get on the 6 o'clock flight? Weren't you the guy that said school should start at 10 o'clock? Not only 6 o'clock. The guy's up 3 in the morning. Every hour he wakes up, oh, it's not 6 o'clock yet. It's not 4 o'clock yet. What happened to this guy? This person has clearly shown he cannot get up. What happened to him all of a sudden that he is energized? The answer is that Ratson is a factory. Ratson isn't just a department. Oh, I happen to do what I like to do. It's much more than that. 
when you have ratzon, it actually manufactures in your physical body. It's an amazing thing because ratzon is not physical. Ratzon is not a physical thing. Go, find it, touch it. Where is it? Where is your ratzon? It's not physical. It's something that's invisible. Again, if you didn't have it in yourself and I described it, you'd say, what is that? Where is it? Show me. Let me hold it. But you know because you experienced it. But little do you realize that this invisible part of the human being is actually a manufacturer of energy. It's a manufacturer of simha, of excitement. It's a manufacturer of happiness. You're not the same guy. Your body isn't the same when you do something with Ratzon because you're lacking all of the items that Ratzon produces. When you want and like to do something, you become an energized, powerful, excited, happy person. When you do the same thing without Ratzon, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm confident that if with Ratzon you're at 100%, without Ratzon you're operating at 10 or 20%. Your energy is not there. That guy can't wake up in the morning. He can't find the ability to wake up, even though he knows he has to wake up. But he can't do it. He knows he has to go to work, but he can't give that energy because he doesn't want to. He doesn't like what he's doing. That means, which means that if 90% of our lives are in situations that we're not so excited about and we don't want to be, we're just there because we're stuck in it. I have to go to work because that's just what I do. I have to stay married because where else am I going? I'm stuck with this kid. It is what it is. Take continue. Whether it's friendships that you don't really love, but it is what it is. You don't really like your house so much, but that's your house. You don't like your financial situation that much, but what can I do? It is what it is. There's endless amount of things that I can give you that a person, sometimes it's, you know, uh, a short item that you'd rather not be in. Sometimes it's something much longer and bigger that you don't want to be in. So if 90% of the time we're doing things because it is what it is, that means 90% of our lives we're using 10% energy. Because the Ratzon is an energy factory. When you put energy in a relationship, by the way, when you put excitement in a relationship, you take your marriage as Bedi Avad. Imagine for a moment you turned it into Lechat Hila, into, no, I want this. What do you mean? I want to be here. I want to be in this marriage. I'm looking forward to this marriage. It's all different marriage. Why? Because you become energized. You become much more powerful in your ability 
to lift the marriage and to lift the results and the happiness. When you're in bidi'avad mode, you don't have the strength. Raising a child that you're not happy with is impossible for you to muster up all of what you need to make it successful. Working in a job that you don't want to be in, it's not going to give you the energy to make it great. That's what happens to so many people in life where they mess up their life because they are in Bidi Avad mode. I'll give you an example in business. I'm sure everybody here will agree to the example. Here's a man, a young boy. He's excited. He's excited to make it big in the business world. Big. This is going on today real time. Very excited. He's going to become the CEO of Apple. That, that's, that's where he's headed. He has such an excitement to succeed in business. And he goes for an interview by Apple. And they give him a job. So excited. He can't wait to wake up. First day. It's his first day in what he's going to become. First day on the job. And they put him in the warehouse. They tell him, you're the guy who doesn't close the boxes, but who wraps the tape around the boxes. Somebody else has the closing the box. It's a more hashu job. You just bring the tape. And you close. That's all you do. Guy gets home. His mom says, what happened? Ah, forget it. Worst job. Can't believe where they put me. I mean, the warehouse. Next day, he goes. What's he going to do? He goes and he's doing the tape. Whatever he's supposed to do. But instead of doing it at 90%, he does it at 10%. Because he doesn't want to do it. He has no ratzon. There's no heshek. There's nothing inside of him that's producing the energy and the excitement to pack a box. And probably you'll find him next week saying, what happened? Where's, where's your, where are you working? He's not. I quit. Quit. Why'd you quit? I'm not into it. You know how many kids today are not into it? Today, you see a guy gets a job. A week later, you see him out of a job. What happened? Wasn't into it. One second. You didn't get a job to be into it. You made a job to make money. Who cares if you're into it? In our world today, there's a very big weakness. More than the previous generations. In today's generation, when you don't have ratson, it's not just that you're weak. Usually, you're not interested. If I don't like what I'm doing 100%, I'm out. If I don't love this marriage 100%, I'm out. I don't want to even try. That's the difference between an older generation and a new generation. The older might stick it out, even though they don't like it. The new generation says, I don't like it, not for me. Meanwhile, if imagine the guy would go into Apple warehouse and say, you know something? I am excited about this job. Just imagine. He was excited about packing boxes. He would pack boxes like nobody ever packed boxes. He would do it in such a way, if he had his ratson, he would be promoted within a month, two months. It's only a matter of time where you see the guy on the top level of that company. But he missed it. He blew it. Why? 
because he lived his job bidi avad. What you do bidi avad has very little chance of success, whatever it might be. Who gives you the energy to be the best you in anything that you do? It's called ratson. How about learning Torah? Guy comes to learn Torah because he has to. He has to. He realized that God wants him to learn Torah. He decided since God wants me to learn Torah, I'm going to learn Torah. He opens the Gemara and he sits down because he has to. He's operating at 10%. How much can he understand? How much can he learn? How much energy can he put in? And then you have a guy that wants to. You understand the difference between wanting to learn or having to learn? It's all the difference in everything that we do. You keep Shabbat because you have to. It's a 10% Shabbat. You keep Shabbat because you want to. You become a fireball of Shabbat. It's a different Shabbat. You become different. The Shabbat is different. The people around you are different. You come to pray, because you have to. Okay, your prayer is going to reflect that. You come because you want to. You have a ratzon. It's a different tefillah. Everything, the mundane, the religious, the social, the financial, anything in life that you have a ratzon to do, you become powerful and successful. If you don't have the ratzon, you become mediocre at best. Could you imagine that I could tell you right now that you could be having ratzon for everything that you do. Imagine how powerful a person you'd be. Imagine what you could accomplish if you did everything in your life with a ratzon because you want to do it. Not because I'm stuck. Not because I have to. Because I want to. Is that possible? Would you say, is it possible for a human being on this planet to do everything with Ratson and to have Ratson in every situation that he's in. No matter what you're in, that's where I want to be. Is that possible? What would you say? Huh? You'd say, probably not. Because the reality is, I don't want to be here. Which I tell you, I don't, I, don't, I don't like this job. I don't like this marriage. I don't like this child. Oh, I don't like the way he's turning out. I don't like... This, I don't like that. But what, what should I do? You know, liking things and not liking them aren't always up to us. Ratzon is not always something that we decide, okay, let's turn it on. It's not that kind of item. It's not a button that you press. There are certain things that we just love and certain things we don't. The kid who doesn't want to wake up to school didn't decide not to wake up to school. He doesn't like school because he doesn't like it. Done. So, is it possible to go through life with Ratzon in every area of life? Is that possible? Most people would say, no. And the answer is, it depends. It depends. I'm going to give you an example. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give you a human ability. It's a human muscle. If you had this muscle, it's a life changer. You ready for this muscle? 
I'll give you a life example with a father and son. You as a father, I tell you, listen. Your son doesn't want to go to school and doesn't care about school. Doesn't really care about friendships either. Doesn't care about using his time for anything that is of value. He doesn't care. He's a bum. He sits home. He hangs out. He drinks. Okay, good. That's your son. That's what he wants. Can I change what he wants? Right now. Could you change your son's ratson today? Imagine you go home and say, Son, listen, I'm going to give you a new ratson. Here it is. Gift for Shabbat. Could you buy it? Could you give it to him? No. Impossible. Cannot change a guy's ratson overnight. So can I help him today? So there's one way you could help him today. Imagine, imagine that your son would trust you so much. Trust you has two meanings. Trust A means he trusts you that you have his best interest in mind. And trust you also that you know what you're doing. You could have someone's best interest, but you don't know what you're doing. So it's not valuable. But if someone, imagine your son trusted you 100%. 100%. He trusted that you care for him. He feels the love. And he trusts that you know what you're doing. And he sit down with your son and say, son, listen to me. I know you don't want to go to school. I know you don't care for this. But trust me. I have a clear eye to the future. Doing well in this area of your life is going to make a huge difference. It's going to make the difference between you being successful or not. What you learn, the way you are with your friends, your responsibility... All of the things that we send our kids to school for is the reason why we pay so much money for tuition. Is your son capable of tapping into your ratson? The answer is yes. If he trusts you, if he trusts you 100%, he can actually tap into your ratson and that will energize him for things he doesn't want to do. For example, imagine you go to the doctor, God forbid, and you have tremendous pain, tremendous pain. You, you, you can't breathe. Doctor says to you, top doctor in the world, tells you, listen, it's not an issue. Come tomorrow morning, I'll schedule you for a surgery. Within a minute of your surgery, after you're out, you won't feel a thing anymore. I'll take care of it. Guess what? You have no idea what the guy is doing. You don't know what's involved in the surgery. You don't. You have no ratson yourself for that surgery. You have no idea. But if you trust that doctor, the next morning you can't wait to get to the hospital. To get rid of your pain. You're excited. Why? You're tapping into his ratson. He knows better than you. It's possible for a human being to plug into somebody else's ratson. So long as they feel loved and they trust that person. Follow that? Is it possible? Is it possible for a person to go through this world with such ratson? The answer is yes on one condition. 
We say in our tefillah, in our prayers, it's in Perkei Avot. There is a person, it's possible to be there, and by the way, you can get there today also, if you want, if you, deserve, if you want it. Ase Retzoncha Kirtzono. Which means that if you believe that you have a Father in Heaven that created you, that gives you continuous giving, if you believe that He runs the world and He has your best interest and therefore He puts you in this situation, if he puts you in this situation, that means this is the best situation for you. It's no longer, oh, I'd rather not be here. On my own, I'd rather not be here. But someone knows better than me. If someone knows better than me, then I'm willing to take his lead. I'm buying into what he wants. All of a sudden, I'm waiting online. I don't want to wait online. But guess what? That's where he wants me to be. And I become a person who has the ratzon of his ratzon. When there are things in life that I need to change and I have to work on it, it's okay. You can work on it. But wherever you are in life, if that's where you need to be and you plug in to the ratzon of the Creator, you become a person who lives their life everything you do will be the best you can do because you'll be in the best place. It's your ratzon to be here. You're no longer a person who does things but the avad. You know when we see that by Yosef? It says by Yosef, it says the Pasuk in Mishlet. The Pasuk in Mishlet says, Hazita ish mahir bimlachto. You see a man who is mahir bimlachto. Whatever he does, He's doing it the best. He will stand one day in front of kings. You see a man who does everything with energy and the best, he'll be in front of a king one day. He'll be a melech. Says the Midrash like who? Life? Yosef. It says by Yosef when he was working for the new master, he became a slave. The Pasuk says, Vayabo Abaita. He came into the house to do his work. There's nobody there. There's nobody in the house and he's doing his work. You know what that means? When your employee's doing work, when nobody's in the house, he's giving it his all when nobody's there. Why is he doing that? Because he is a person. Why did Yosef work so hard? And why is he always successful wherever he goes? He's in jail, he's successful. He's a slave, he's successful. Why? How do you find success in all areas of life? Because Yosef is a man who lived, and we'll see soon how he got it. He lived his life. He says to himself, one second, I don't want to be in Egypt. I don't want to be a slave. But that's where they put me. So it must be, that's where the best place for me is right now. And he makes it what he wants. Take your position in life and make it yours and give it your all.
That's what Yosef did everywhere in his life. And by the way, his road to success was through that man, through jail. You have to succeed wherever you are in life. It could be your eyes are closed and you don't see ahead, but the Creator is able to see better than you. Take all of your life situations and make them lechat hila. Don't live your life bedi'avad. Wherever you are in life, that's where Hashem puts you. That's what we say every day, by the way. Hashem opens His hand and He gives everybody whatever He wants. People ask, but not true. I don't get what I want. Sometimes I want, I don't get it. He gives everybody what He wants. Answer is, if your eyes were open, you would realize that's what you want. If you eyes saw better, you'd realize that's really what you want. You don't see as clear as he sees. So sometimes in life you end up in a place, hey, I don't want it. Hashem says, no, I'm giving you what you want. You just don't see better. You don't understand better. Never be in a position in life where you say, ah, I can't take this. I'm not into it. Don't do that. If you could change the situation, change it. If not, if you're stuck somewhere, then that's where you need to be. That requires a little bit of training. And this is what I want to just tell you when I'll finish. There is a story in this parasha, excuse me, where Yosef is sitting in front of his father Yaakov. It's the end of his life. Yaakov tells Yosef, listen to me. You remember the story with your mother when you were a little kid? How she passed away while we're traveling and I buried her on the road. You know how, how belittling that is to bury somebody on the road? He buried Rahel on the road. He could have went to Me'arata Machpelah. Wasn't so far from where he buried her. He could have went somewhere inside to bury her somewhere in a more honorable place. Look what Abraham did to bury Sarai Menu. He went, negotiated, he paid tremendous amount of money to Hebron. And you, my mother, you bury her on the road? Says Yaakov Avinu. He tells his son, he says, I know, I know that you are upset with me. I know that your heart till today is still hurt from what I did to your mother. But let me explain to you why I did it. And he explains to him why. He tells him, no, Hashem told me I had no choice. Okay, it's cleared up, done. 50 years later, he's telling him, by the way, I know you're upset with me. Let me explain to you why. And the obvious question that every father should ask, why does he wait 50 years to tell him when he could have told him this he had so much opportunity. He was six years old then. He could have waited his bar mitzvah. He could have waited when he was 14, 15, 16. He knew he was upset with him. He's back in Mitzrayim. Doesn't tell him. The end of his life. And by the way, I want to explain something to you. You won't know why I didn't bury her. Because God told me. Okay, it's over. God told you what could you do. Why does Yosef not tell his son? Why, why does Yaakov not tell his son? why he didn't bury his mother in a more 
proper place. My dear friends, this is one of the biggest mistakes that fathers, rabbis, people make in life. It would seem that explaining to your children why they should do something is the best way to go. You have your seven-year-old, he says, listen, son, I want you to do this, and let me explain to you why. I want you to understand why I'm telling you. Sounds so nice. Sounds so forward. Let me explain to you why it's right for you to go to school, or why it's good for you to go here, or why it's not right to do. Let me explain to you. If you're a father and mother that has to explain to your children everything that they need to do and they have to understand it, you are destroying your children. Why? What part of your children are you destroying? Which part? Which section? Is a section. What are you doing? You have a kid doesn't want to do something. Right? Okay. So you tell him, listen, I want you to do this and let me explain to you why. Ah. Now he understands why you succeeded. Now what happens? You were able to put this information into his ratzon and now he's all into it. But what you've also taught him is that if you don't have a ratzon, then you're not going to do it. When you teach your children to do things because, and you explain it to them, so you're teaching them that you're not reliable. You're teaching them that you as a father are not trustworthy. And you're not helping them develop the ability to connect to your ratzon. Connecting to your ratzon is a huge ability. Can your son connect to your ratzon and do it with all the energy because you said? Well, if you trained him, then you always have to explain to him why, then you've never given him that ability and you've never given him that strength. And he's going to need it in life. Because you may be able to convince him about this and that, but there's going to be in life many situations that he's not going to understand. He's not going to understand why he's not yet married. He's not going to understand why he's not making enough money. He's not going to understand why he's not six foot five. He's not going to understand why his brother is not treating him the right way. He's not going to understand many things in life. So you haven't given him the strength to be able to tap into somebody else's ratzon. He'll be 25 years old, stuck somewhere in a place, and he won't be able to connect to the ratzon of the Creator who put him there. Because you trained him that in life, you only get to do with excitement, what you are interested in. That's a big mistake that a father does to his children. Yaakov Avinu is a great man and understands the fabric of what it is to raise a person. He would rather Yosef wonder why my father is doing this, but yet have all the respect for his father and trust in his father, and go on to with his life, despite that he's bothered with something. There's time to explain to your children why you do something. Absolutely. You could sit down with your children 
on a Sunday and say, by the way, remember last month I did that? I can explain to you. I'm explain to you why. I'm explain to you why. There's time to explain, but it can never be, it can never be a condition for why, why should you do it? Let me explain to you why. No, no, no. Why you should do it is because I told you. Because I'm your father. Because I know what's good for you. That's a muscle that you train your children as they grow older. The, the payment isn't just that you'll have a child who listens to you. That's a small payment. The payment is you'll have a child that can go through life living through the Ratzon of someone bigger than him. He'll be able to say, you know what? That's where Hashem wants me. Uh, he knows better. I'm all in. I'm going to do my best despite that I don't want to be it or I don't understand it. Developing the Ratzon of a human being to be able not only to connect and to energize himself from his Ratzon, but also through that son of others above him is a great gift that we can give our children. And that's actually what Hashem does for us. Think about that Hashem gives us mitzvot that are hokim, mitzvot that our mind doesn't understand why we should do them. He gives us also mitzvot that we do understand. But why didn't Hashem give us the ability to understand these mitzvot? After all, He programmed our brain. He gave us the mitzvot. Why doesn't he give us mitzvot that we understand? Wouldn't that be better if we were able to understand everything that we did? Wouldn't that make us more energetic, more powerful in the act, in the mitzvah? Why did Hashem not give us the ability to understand certain mitzvot, hukim? But according to what we're saying today, it's beautiful because Hashem is training us. Hashem is training us to be able to trust him. Not only in that mitzvah that we're doing, but we develop a muscle of trusting someone who's above us. That wherever we are in life, in whatever position that we're in in life, again, if we're able to make a change and figure out how to make it better or different, and it's the right thing to do, then we do that. But there are many situations in life where that's what it is. And you have to work with what you have. And instead of saying, well, that's all it is, now realize, wait, Hashem is the one who put me here. And if he put me here, he knows better. And if he knows better, that means I am in the best place that I can be. I'm going to tap into his Ratzon. I don't understand why, but he does. Are you capable of tapping into someone else's Ratzon? That's something a father and mother need to teach their children. Hashem teaches us also by the way of Fukim. And Be'ezrat Hashem, like I said, if you lived your life always with Ratzon, if you lived your life always with Ratzon, you make, you become like Yosef. Everywhere you go in life, you walk into your house today, whatever you like, beautiful. You don't like, that's what it is. And you just give it your all. In everything that you do, you become a most powerful person in every area of life. Ratzon. Either you have it, or you tap into somebody else's. Either way, it will make you tremendously successful. Have a great day.